1: This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince DiDario on Sports Radio 960 a.m. WSBT. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Wednesday, Wednesday, happy days. Wednesday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes. My cycle humps, ready to, race to you.
2: Yes, indeed, it is a happy day. A happy day that the Fighting Irish football team is back and a happy day that Vince and I can bring the start of the 50th season of game day to you. Game day may have had various names over the years, but the theme has always stayed the same. Bring fun, intriguing conversation with former Notre Dame players and coaches, plus other notable Irish faithful. Today is no different as we will be joined by Aaron Taylor, Bryant Young, Bobby Taylor from the 1993 Fighting Irish, Brandon Wimbush, Dexter Williams, Chris Fink from the 2018 Fighting Irish, Plus, we'll check in with new stadium announcer, Chris Aikles, and we'll get a report from our favorite doctor, Dr. Brian Radigan, with the team in Tallahassee. I'm joined by my partner, the tech whiz that keeps me straight. This show wouldn't be on if it wasn't for... uh, Vince and also Matt back in the studio. Vince Dario. good morning, afternoon, where everybody is at in the country.
3: Good afternoon, Tim. It's good to be here. And uh, it, it's funny, uh, Google Meets were basically a forced technology to learn as a teacher. So mm-hmm. I am a pro now with Google Meets and uh, and teaching to icons. Uh, that's pretty much what I did for the past year <laughs> and a half. So uh but yeah it's it's a notre dame football day i was gonna say football saturday but it's sunday that's just weird but uh hey notre dame has the stage all to themselves for the whole day what more could you possibly want you know we had the appetizer all day yesterday and the main course is tonight man and i'm fired up
2: i'm fired up too and by tell you it was just great even watching those games yesterday on tv and seeing the fans back in the game yeah you know i can't wait till next week when we got notre dame filled again at the state stadium here too but uh gonna be an exciting year we're all looking forward where there's a lot of question marks but you know we're gonna get going right here and get everybody's opinion about what they did with the Irish when they were there and then also get their take on what uh, they think of this year's fighting Irish so no further ado hey before I went into this 50th season I had a list of people that have never been on game day before and right in the top of the list and you probably don't believe this but it was Aaron Taylor's name is brought on there so let me go through his accolades here first real quick so Obviously, All-American at Notre Dame, Lombardi Award, Consensus All-American, 92-93, Super Bowl champion in 16, Uh, has been on TV and I think radio, but we'll find that out. He has a lot of knowledge and opinions on his playing and everybody else and this year too. So let's get started with Aaron Taylor. Good afternoon in San
4: Diego. Hey, Tim, how are you doing, man? And let's get something straight. Be honest. Is the only reason that I'm at the top of your list because it's alphabetical and Aaron is his first? No,
2: uh, Aaron, I'm not smart enough to do things alphabetically. I just start writing names out. A-Ron,
3: hey, hey, that's fantastic. Good
2: point, good point.
4: Hey, so, hey, just r- real quick, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing great, man. It's a, a beautiful day. I'm home with my family. We've got real live tackle football, fans in the stands, the bands hearing the bands and stadiums, and I've called a couple games. I'm a college football analyst for CBS Sports, so I've I've had the opportunity to be on campus. And, fellas, I got to tell you, I didn't know if I appreciated the role that the band plays in hearing that music. It is an iconic piece of college football lore that's built on tradition and rivalry and all of the great things that we have. But just being back in stadiums with fans, with meaningful football, it's – uh. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And that's certainly been true with the sport we love the most. Aaron, do you like calling the games to be an analyst versus being in the studio? I do, Tim. It's uh, it, it's different. I, I'm I really enjoy being a meaningful part of a team like I don't need to be it, but I do want to be part of it. So I get that on the road. There's 40 of us that travel weekly to different places and we're all dependent and reliant upon each other. We all work collaboratively together. So you develop relationships. So I get that kind of team and that community aspect that I got when I was playing. And the studio is the same thing with Rick Neuheisel and Adam Zucker and Brian Jones and Randy Cross. Like I've been with those guys for 12 years. So Our business, fellas, as you know, isn't always one of uh, hugs and kisses, so it's really nice to work with people that you genuinely enjoy so that you don't have to fake it. Isn't it amazing when you have been an athlete or a
3: coach or or around a team atmosphere your whole life, how important that is moving through the rest of your life, how you need to find that kind of family atmosphere that that way to depend on each other and, and all. It's amazing how that sticks with you the rest of your
4: life. And that's kind of what you were touching on there. Absolutely, Vince. And, and what's interesting to me, and, and I think this is true for not only sports, but in life, and it's specifically around transition. What football gave us was an identity, how we were known to the world, but also how we're known to ourselves. We got an income, how we receive value for value that we bring, but it also gives us purpose and significance, right? Like how we make a difference, why we're here, what we're here to do. But the fifth pillar is that one of community. And you're absolutely right. When we get done, we don't necessarily miss game day. We miss the bus ride to the airport and the plane ride home. Right. We, we miss walking from practice or chapel over to the stadium. It's those moments where you're together with your buddies that you just can't replicate. And I'm one of the lucky few that gets to do that working in television.
2: This is the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day Show on 9:60 a.m. WSBT. We're talking with two-time Consensus All-American Aaron Taylor. Hey, Aaron, Vince and I always like to hear how people got their start coming to Notre Dame, and especially I'm always interested when somebody's coming from Florida or California. Why were you coming to this cold northern weather that we have up here?
4: A couple different reasons. Uh, Number one, most notably, was that Notre Dame graduated 97 percent of its student athletes. And I wasn't the best student in the world, but I knew I wasn't three (laughs) percent. (laughs) So at a a minimum, I knew I would get a college degree. Uh, But primarily uh, or, or what happened first was Tom Bowen was my athletic director. At De La Salle High School, and and Tom would later go on to be the athletic director at San Jose State, then at Memphis, and has since retired, but he was a Notre Dame alum. He started out in the seminary, and then met a girl at St. Mary's, as a lot of people do, and figured out that, hey, maybe the seminary's not the route that I want to (laughs) go, but he stayed on campus, loved Notre Dame, so when I got recruited, he started putting keychains in my locker and just selling this place (laughs) in the middle of nowhere, where it was freezing and smelled like ethanol, and was like, hey, that'd be a great place to go, make you study real hard and go to class and not get any breaks why don't you consider that and I was dumb enough to do it <laughs>
3: <laughs> well who, how was what was your recruitment like uh as far as who was your recruiter and what was it's funny how many stories we've heard about guys that have that come to campus and have a lousy time but realize this is this is the place for me like it, it's it's really funny the stories that we hear uh not anticipating
4: that from you necessarily but what was your recruitment like your first visit to campus etc. Well, the guy that was on me was Jay Hayes, and I just talked to him this morning as well. We've stayed friends throughout these years. He was our, you know, special teams coordinator and defensive line. Then he went to Barry, you know, left with Barry Alvarez and went to Wisconsin and was in the NFL forever. So he was on me first, and then Joe Moore flew out once, And then it was really my recruiting trip, that first big weekend. And the way that Holtz used to do it was around the banquet. And I remember that it was December 2nd for some reason. I had this big Russian hat and this big jacket that I had to borrow because I was from California. (laughs) It was in the teens. But, fellas, I got to tell you, man, when I got picked up at the airport, there was a guy, Dean Lytle, who would later become my teammate that was in the car, and he was from North Carolina. And I'd never met anybody from the South. But Dean and I were just chatty, chatty, chatty all the way in. And that's really – the way the next 48 hours would go. And I think we ended up signing 22 of the 26 kids that were on that first trip ended up committing and signing to to Notre Dame. So we were a close-knit group right out of the gate, and there was just something different viscerally in my bones that said, hey, this is the place you want to be. And I think really what it was was that it it reminded me of De La Salle, which is also a, a Catholic high school. And I think the similarities between the programs and the philosophies underneath them, overtly and covertly, ultimately is what made the decision pretty easy so so
2: what did you know about lou holtz or how was that first time meeting with with him Mm -hmm. what you expected or was it just a total surprise
4: it was what i expected man he just you pull the cord on him and he just goes i mean he's like a walking vaudeville (laughs) acting entertainer he's great you know he just magic tricks and reads the room i mean he's phenomenal in that way and he said aaron taylor you have a chance to be one of the finest tackles that's ever played in this university. If you come here, I guarantee you, you'll be an all American. I was like, okay, I'm in. Where do I sign? I'm in. I was easy, guys. I gave up the goods really easy. I had five or four other trips, official visits planned to Pac-12 schools, and I punted on those. And, you know, I I did end up going to USC the next week. They convinced me to do it, and it was a disaster, which made it all the better when we whipped them four straight years in a row. Fight on that. Um, So it was just – it was an easy decision right out of the gate and just – I mean, meeting him was the icing on the cake. It was already probably a done deal, but Holtz is a closer, as we know, and he got me.
2: So while you're in that uh, vein of uh, talking like Lou, how about your favorite Lou Holtz story?
4: Well, everybody's got, everybody's was, got a story. Oh, man, there's, there's 50 of them. Um, the one that I, I think is the most impactful and kind of sums up who he really was, both as a coach and a person, was my sophomore year. I had earned the right to start, and I'm telling you, when you're a young player, sometimes you don't know if the player's going left or right or is a pass or a run. It's moving fast, and I was a young guy. I was overeager, and we were in a running situation late in November in a late evening practice, and I come off the football. The the quarterback comes up to the line of scrimmage. Blue 52, blue 52. Boom. I completely whiff. I think it was Oliver Gibson slants inside of me and hits the running back in the backfield. Damn it, Aaron Taylor! (laughs) He comes running from the sideline, get out of my drill. I'm like, no, coach, I got it. Get out of my drill. Run the play again. The guys were like, well, coach, we only got 10 players. Run the play again as if Aaron Taylor was in there. So they basically line back up 11 players on defense, 10 on offense. The whole practice is stopped and is watching what's going on. Quarterback comes up to the line of scrimmage, blue 52, blue 52, said hut. The unblocked defensive lineman comes across the line of scrimmage. <laughs> it's a running back in the backfield. It's the same thing. Holtz comes running over, grabs my face mask and says, see Aaron Taylor, doesn't matter whether you're in there or not. No <laughs> difference. <laughs> oh, what I God. love about that story is that he was making a point, and that's that people were counting on me and that if I didn't do my job and I made a mistake, the entire offense, the entire team pays the price. So he used me as the example to set the tone and to make sure that everybody on that team knew how important our jobs were and how we had to take care of each other, which I certainly didn't do on that previous play.
3: (laughs) That's a great lesson. That's fantastic. Well, obviously, Aaron, uh, you know, it's Florida State, Uh, And and we've been talking about Florida State for months and months since it's the opener. Tell us a little bit about uh, the lead up to that that epic Florida State game in 93. You know, what was that like for you guys? I mean, obviously, social media wasn't a thing back then, but you guys could feel it. You guys could taste it. I mean, it was it was a huge deal. And then obviously
4: the game itself. Vance, that, that, that's a great word that you used there, feel it, taste mm-hmm. it. It was different. It was different on Monday. The TV truck showed up earlier. We were doing photo shoots and different things for that great open that Bob Costas voiced. Um, it, it was special. I'm getting tingles right now talking about it. We felt that it was big. It was number one versus number two, this Florida team that I think reminded some people of Miami when there were lots at stake, right? Another team from right. a different part of, of the, <laughs> the state of Florida anyway. Um, but it was unlike anything we had ever gone through. We knew it was big. And I'll tell a real quick story. I know we're getting here to, to the bottom of the block, but we walked into the room and the first team meeting we had, Holtz walks in and he would always do this, right? He'd sandbag everything. Like we couldn't, no chance, you know, we're going to even keep this thing close on Monday. And by Friday night, you know, we could go beat the 85 Bears. So we walk in, he's like, man, I'm not going to lie to you. This is the fastest damn defense I've ever seen in my life. They got this guy, 55, that runs sideline to sideline. He's just like, we're going to have to be at our best to keep it close. (laughs) Let's let's break up. So, boom, then the offense meets, and then we go into our position rooms. Joe Moore, our offensive line coach, comes in and goes, I'm not going to lie, the little jerk with glasses finally has a point. Those guys are pretty (laughs) fast. They're as quick and athletic as we've ever seen. But let's see what happens when we punch him in the bleeping mouth. (laughs) Turn the lights off when we watch the film. And that was the moment for us, at least up front, that we knew that we were going to win that game. The way to defeat speed is with physicality. Joe Moore knew that. Lou Holtz knew that. And at the end of the game, Florida State knew that as well.
2: Physicality. We're with Aaron Taylor, a championship offensive guard from the Super Bowl uh, 16 team and also consists of all-american at Notre Dame so before we let you go we got to get that what's your take on this year's fighting Irish uh
4: line got some new, well, I, new faces in there lots of new faces it, it doesn't help when you have four guys that uh graduate and and go to the league and end up being on NFL rosters three of which in the first three rounds but I got to tell you Jarrett Patterson coming back at the center position and being healthy is going to be a a really big uh, addition for us. Josh Lugg has played a lot of reps. He's an old vet there. And then the transfer from Marshall, uh, I think, is really going to help as well. We've got some young bucks that have some talent, so there might be some growing pains at the other tackle position. But I'm pleasantly surprised and encouraged, based on the conversation I had with Brian Kelly, about what that position is going to do. I love Jack Cohn at Wisconsin. I I think he's a capable quarterback, and I think that's one of the interesting storylines here is Notre Dame having to keep up with the times is taking transfers. Better get used to that because there's going to be more of that coming, but the defense with Marcus Freeman, that attacking style that I loved watching at Cincinnati is going to be fun to watch. Um, So for Florida State, if Mackenzie Milton can start at quarterback tonight, that might be one of the best comeback stories in college football history, given what happened to his knee. So even though I want my Irish to win, I'm going to be privately rooting for that young man. I hope he's out there.
2: So uh, the Irish are they on any of the games you're doing this year? Nope.
4: Unfortunately, (coughs) I I don't work for NBC or now Paramount, right, with the Toledo game being streamed only. That's another uh, little peek into what the future of broadcasting is going to look like. So um, I get to campus every once in a while and get a chance to do some interviews. And what I'm hoping I get to do is bring the Joe Moore ward back to campus sometime soon to replicate what they did in 2017 under Harry Heastanth.
2: As we close, talk about that Joe Moore Award. I know that's near and dear to you. You developed it. So give us a that's, little. About that,
3: that is a heck of a trophy, man. What yeah. that is. That thing is awesome. How big it is and just. I mean, an, if, that doesn't an exemp- <laughs> if that doesn't exemplify
4: offensive line, man, yeah. I, I don't know what does. It's awesome. Well, we, it's college football's biggest trophy by a lot, right? It's seven <laughs> feet tall, six feet wide, and three feet deep. And we all joke that it looks like a sarcophagus and Joe Moore is actually buried inside. <laughs> <laughs> but it's much, much bigger than just a big old trophy, right? It, it's about what's possible when we sacrifice our egos and, and our own interests for the greater good. It's about tough It's about teamwork. It's about what's possible when we all work together. What we're proud about as we enter our seventh year is that it's the only collegiate award that honors a group or a unit. Football is a consummate team game. The offensive line is a consummate position within that, where all five have to function as one. And again, if one player missteps like I did my sophomore year, the entire team pays the price. So we honor and recognize the most outstanding offensive line units tackle to tackle in college football. It, it's a simple concept, but a very difficult and laborious task. There's 13 of us that watch Game tape and high end zone cut ups of offensive line play from around the country and whittle it down. And we like to think that we don't give the trophy, that there's a unit out there that earns the trophy. And we (coughs) merely recognize that. So what better name to have on something so meaningful than the great Joe Moore, who was by far the best position coach for the offensive line in college football history?
2: I'm remiss. I've never seen the trophy yet. I got it. The guy's going to be taller
4: than me, obviously. Oh, damn. I'm going to have to talk to our PR people. (laughs) We're not doing our jobs then. It's awesome. It's
3: awesome. Yeah. You're going to have to check that out, Tim. You got it.
2: Hey, Aaron Taylor, we really appreciate it. I can cross you off the list. They've never been on, but that doesn't mean we want you back again, too. And if we're ever in town for an off week when we have a live show there by
4: the campus, we'd love to have you join us, too. Happy to do it, guys. Thanks for being gracious hosts and all you do for Notre Dame football. Thank Thanks, you. Go Aaron. go Irish. Go Irish.
2: Stay with us. We'll be back after a short break with two more members from the 1993 Fighting Irish, Bryant Young and Bobby Taylor on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, your home for the Fighting Irish.
3: And our show is brought to you by South Bend Orthopedics team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Nemo's Pizza on Edison in Mishawaka. If you like pizza, You'll love Mimo's, manja manja. From my Wings Etc Grill and Pub with 14 Michiana area locations. Stop in today or order online at togo.wingsetc.com. By Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Authentic Mexican serve fresh daily at McKinley and Division in Mishawaka. MontereyMexican.com. By Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing. And by our guy, Tim Growl, at State Farm Insurance. Talk, talk with Tim about your life insurance plan. Tomorrow may be too late. Call Tim at 232-9981.
2: Hey, and we're back on game day. And once again, our 50th, just starting the 50th season. The show's uh, outlived 11 presidents. And I looked up and gasoline when this show first started was 36 cents a gallon. Stamp was 10 cents. So... Those were the days. little perspective there and stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, so next we're going to have join us is another member of the uh, 1993 Fighting Irish that uh, beat number one Florida State in 1993. We might be joined by one of his partners. He's having a little, oh, maybe he's coming in there. Bryant Young has yep. joined us too. So we got Bobby Taylor and Brian, Bryant Young. Let me give their little bios here a little bit here. So. Bobby Taylor, U.S. Today High School All-American, Consensus All-American in 94, First Team All-Pro 2002, Pro Bowl 2002. Brian Young here, let's see, First Team All-American 1993, four-time Pro Bowler, and was on the, I hate that, 19, I have to, the Roman numerals, guys, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't decipher <laughs> them as well as I used to. The Super Bowl champions in 19, so welcome again to uh, Bobby Taylor and Brian Young. Hi, guys.
5: How you guys doing? We're
2: doing good. How are you guys doing? Thanks, thanks for having us. Nope, no no, problem. We've got good reception on you, Brian. We hear you good. I do apologize. I had
5: an uh, impromptu late visit to visit my daughter uh, up in college in Blacksburg, Virginia. And uh, so I got caught on the road. I was trying to make it to this rest stop to, to pull over so I could do the video uh, phone conference. And uh, to no avail, it, it didn't work out. But here I am.
3: Yeah, it that's, sounds good. So you're, you're good to go, Brian. We appreciate you checking in with us, uh, interrupting your family time. So we appreciate that. Oh, not a
2: problem at all. Hey, let's, uh, let's just start, and, and we'll go back and forth, and then we'll have you guys get in a group discussion. And if you, either one of you want to throw something back at each other, that's all fine, fine too. So uh, coming out of Houston, Bobby, um, also you were a, a state basketball champion and a state relay team champion. Why football? Um, I think I thought football was just
6: more natural for me. I mean, I love playing basketball as well. I actually had plans on trying to play basketball at Notre Dame. I mean, Coach McLeod and Coach Holtz—they were going to allow me to be able to do so. But you know how it goes. It was a long summer camp, long season, and we made it to the, to a bowl game that year to play against Texas A&M. And after the season, I just was so beat up being a freshman, being fortunate enough to be able to play with B.Y. and so many of the other great players that were that were on that team that particular year. I just thought it was best for me to just, you know, put bas- basketball to the side and just play doing the, uh, what is it, the bookstore basketball tournament another day <laughs> as opposed to being out there on the court. <laughs> and that's very competitive as it is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, myself, I think Oscar McBride, we got together and, you know, we tried to make, we may actually made it to the finals one year, but unfortunately it was on the same day as our spring game. So we played the spring game, <laughs> hurry up, took a shower and tried to run up to go play in the finals. But we, unfortunately we lost, but we gave it our best. My, my guess <laughs> is you guys
2: were a pretty physical team.
6: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Fouls, <laughs> defense. I mean, we, we kind of, we kind of tried to take on that, Detroit Pistons bad boy mentality as far as beating up guys. Oh, if, if OG was on your team, you
5: certainly were that type of player. I
6: sure. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think OG got kicked out a couple of the <laughs> basketball
2: tournaments. That,
5: that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I can see that. Hey, let's
2: turn to, to Brian. Brian, you're uh, coming out of Chicago, which used to be a very fertile marketplace for us to get players out of but not so much, it seems, in the last number of years. What was so special back in, in those days about the, f- the football being played in Chicago? Uh, I think just at that
5: time, you know, Chicago really being a football town, and yeah. basketball is really great there, but uh, for some reason, it was just saturated with talent back in that, in that time, and uh, so you could really go and recruit Chicago, and, and uh, everybody had an opportunity. There was a place for everybody or anybody that came out of Chicago during that era. And um, so sometimes there's the ebb and flow of, you know, where there's plenty of, of talent uh, in a given decade or, or period of time. And um, I, it just happened to be during that time where we were just rich in talent. And um, and we're, we're a little bit down at this point, but uh, there's still some, some gems uh, that you can go and recruit in Chicago uh, this current day.
3: So, Bobby, I'll throw it back to you. Coming from Texas, and obviously, we know Notre Dame recruits nationally, and, and it's not just uh, obviously in Midwest with Chicago, but why Notre Dame? Uh, why why did you decide to come up north uh, and leave Texas? Because I'm sure University of Texas was a big pull. It always is for those in-state guys. And you know, what was your recruitment like, and why did you end up at Notre Dame?
6: Yeah, I just felt like Notre Dame was a special place. I I felt like I could get, you know, the highest level from an athletic standpoint and from an academic standpoint as well because, you know, to be able to get into Notre Dame, you just can't be a good athlete. And so, you know, academics was something that, you know, me and my family always stressed. I mean, I was proud to say that I was on the honor roll throughout high school. And when I took my visit there, just all of the guys that I met, I mean it was it seemed like it was just a big melting pot with guys from the East Coast, the West Coast, um the Chicago area, like BY spoke of. And I just felt at home. And there were actually some guys that were there from Texas as well, Mike Miller, um, Greg Lane. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just felt right at home being being at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And then of course, during that time, you know, Notre Dame, I mean, they were on television every week. You're right. mean, every school can probably say that they play on television now but that was something that was secondary but
2: it also you stuck out as well this is the legacy heating air game day show we're with former notre dame all-americans cornerback bobby taylor and defensive lineman bryant young hey brian who was your um player that when you came to school that was giving you the tours and everything
5: you know what? It was uh, Irv Smith and Nick Smith, the, the Smith brothers, not actually brothers, but <laughs> they were they became really good friends, same class. But I tell you, these two guys did an excellent job in recruiting and being a host. Um, they, they showed me around. They were very open and honest about just the atmosphere and, you know, the, the social aspect of Notre Dame. Um, and um, just, you know, what it was like as an as, as African-American and uh, student athlete being at Notre Dame, you know, I really appreciated that them taking me in, into their, their dorm room and just kind of giving me that, that behind the scenes experience. Um, it was really eye opening for me um, just to understand just the college life, the dorm life and uh, getting a full A to Z Uh, Type of experience, but those those two guys did an excellent job just showing that to me Um, Great 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 guys. Uh, I felt like also just uh, seeing how the team operated every player that I was able to meet You know behind the scenes when it wasn't you know watching a practice or whatever. I Really felt this strong connection to just family. I felt like these guys had a real strong um, care for one another and they felt compassion for one another and it was that team family feel that that was really a big draw for me and uh i thought nick smith and irv smith did an excellent job as a host
3: brian i I, with recruiting being such a big deal these days i mean all the websites and everything that's going on We you see these kids you know they do a top 15 and then it's a top five et cetera et cetera did you did you have a short list uh, of schools? Everybody likes to hear, you know, who Notre Dame beat out uh, for your services. I, I want to hear Bobby's answer to that, too.
5: Yeah, I did have a short list. So, uh, you know, I didn't do that, all the fanfare. That wasn't a big <laughs> deal back in the day. Right, <laughs> right. Um, everybody has their own little social media outlet that, that they can do that. But anyway, um, so my, my choices came down to Notre Dame, Michigan, um, Tennessee, Georgia, and um, and really, those were the, the top four. Um, there was a couple in-state schools like Illinois that I did visit, but, you know, it was just kind of the local state love. And uh, But I really felt like um, it came down to Michigan and Notre Dame. You know, Michigan did a great job recruiting the Chicago area at the time. And my high school uh, teammate, um, my best friend Marcus Walker, his brother actually was at or had went to Michigan, so I had knew a little bit about Michigan and then – uh, my buddy was being recruited at Michigan as well, and so he was choosing Michigan, and and I felt like that was the best fit for him, and Notre Dame was the best fit for me. And uh, but you know, I I think you know once I stepped foot on campus, it became very clear and evident that Notre Dame was the place for me, uh, even though I was able to go and visit some other schools after that.
6: Bobby Taylor. Yeah, so kind of piggybacking off of what B.Y. just talked about. Nick Smith, you know, he was actually my host as well, B.Y., when I came to um, he gets on my visit. Yeah, when I came <laughs> on my visit. I'm pretty sure he probably had a high batting average as far as guys that he hosted that probably yes. ended, up, ended up attending the university. And so as far as other schools that I was interested in, um, I was interested in University of Texas, obviously being here from Texas. I took a visit out to um, University of Miami. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a one of my good friends, Jesse Armstead, who went to Dallas Carter, who I was a big fan of. You know, I, I went out there to visit to see how it was there, and then I went to USC. So I mean, I went to the Midwest and went 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 to the, I guess you can say, the South Southwest, and 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 uh, the North, and so. Um, I, I felt like Notre Dame was the, the perfect place for me. Just kind of like what, what B.Y. said, when I was there, it felt like home. Um, you know, I had to get used to the cold weather coming <laughs> from Texas, coming from Texas as hot as it was. I actually had to, you know, this this little bitty um, leather jacket that I thought that could handle. the <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I was quick, quick, quickly educated on the triple fat goose and all of those type of jackets that I needed to wear. And so outside of that, I mean, it was, it was a wonderful place. You know, I still stay in contact with a lot of guys that you know I attended school, you know, went to school with there. And so, you know, what can you say? I mean, Notre Dame is is a great place.
2: That's Bobby Taylor. We're also with Bryant Young, both teammates from the Notre Dame 1993 team. Um, How about each of you a little short uh, what that week felt like leading up to that uh, game?
7: The the Florida State game, yeah. Florida
2: State game in '93. Yeah. Oh, Bobby.
6: well, yeah. So, lead, yeah, leading up to that game, it was it was crazy because you know we had a couple of coaches on our staff. I I think Coach Wessel, he actually attended University of um, Florida State, and I think that was actually the first time ESPN did an on-campus like game day setting. Right. And so, typically, probably Friday morning, we saw you know, fans coming on campus, getting ready for the for the pep rally and things of that nature. But I can remember probably early as Wednesday, you know, folks showing up on campus and, you know, for good reason. I mean, those guys had the Heisman Trophy winner um, on their team. They had so many pros, a Hall of Famers. And, I mean, just the lead up, you know, from, from folks talking about, you know, trying to get tickets and all of that type of stuff. And so it was something that I looked forward to. And I can remember the guys from Florida State being interviewed and they was talking about, you know, the weather. They didn't want it to be cold. And surprisingly, <laughs> we, we didn't want it to be cold either because we didn't want any <laughs> excuses. We, want it to be, we wanted it to be an even playing ground so we can just show what type of talent that we had. And fortunately, you know, we were able to pull it out in the end. Brian Young?
5: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, starting the week off, you know, we had our team meeting and Coach Holtz, I mean, he really just kind of laid it out he said guys I don't I don't think in a nutshell we we're, we're gonna be able to beat this team they they everything is advertised they're bigger stronger faster they're athletic they got the one of the best players at quarterback position uh, on their team and uh, they got this linebacker who's you know as, as fast or as good as anybody in the country and um, I, I just don't know how we're gonna do it and it, it really took. Um, Just the messaging, but more importantly for us as players to really take ownership of the game plan and really put our work in that week to to understand that, hey, guys, you know, we believe in the plan. uh, We believe in each other, but now we just have to go out and execute the plan. They were as good as advertised and one versus two that game lived up to his bill and it was as advertised. You know, the fanfare was so many people on campus, as Bobby mentioned, it uh, seemed like they had extra seats in the stadium, they had extra sideline passes. But they even did. before yeah. then, you know, that was the first time, um, in, at, at Notre Dame, I experienced people getting on campus like as early as Tuesday to walk around and be ready for that game. But it was, it was one of the best, um, buildups and um, most electrifying games that I've ever played in, the loudest stadium I've ever played in at Notre Dame Stadium. But I, I think the, the game itself really lived up to his billing. And uh, we we played uh, a, as good as we could have to beat a really, really good Florida State team.
2: Now this might be unfair because I'm going to tap into memories. Either one of you guys remember in that last, last defensive huddle because Florida State called, I think, a
5: timeout before that.
2: What you guys were talking about that last play of the game? Anybody remember? Sorry, if it is too pretty far back.
5: Yeah, I, I don't remember what was said exactly, but we knew it was that was the moment. They they either make the play and potentially win the game, or 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 we make a play to seal the win. And so uh, it, it came down, I think, to Jeff Burris maybe knocking down the pass in the end zone, and for us to seal the deal. And um, but I but I tell you, it was. Um, just understanding uh, it didn't have to be a lot of talk. We knew what was at stake too, but just uh, really understanding that, Hey, we got something special here. We do our job and uh, play to, to the end of this, this play, this last play uh, we can make it happen. And it, and it did happen for us.
2: Bobby got any view on that last play? Um, yeah. I mean, that was, it seemed like,
6: it probably lasted for 30 minutes, but it was only a matter of seconds. And as quick as that, as long as that play happened, when when Sean was able to knock the ball down, and you know, the basically the game was over, and everybody rushed the field. It was it just almost felt unreal, just because you know a lot of times when you think about two teams, the build up, getting ready to play, and a lot of times it doesn't um, live up to that, but. I mean, that game definitely lived up to it. I mean, they their best players put their best foot forward. Uh, I feel like our best players put, put our best foot forward. And, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of it. It's something that, you know, I think last year during COVID, there was like a live <clears throat> playback that I was able to sit down with my kids and actually um, just, just watch it with them because – you know, I don't have a lot of memorabilia around the house or what have you because I don't want to overwhelm them. But there's a couple of, like, little small pieces here and there. And so to be able to sit down, you know, with my kids, I, I have one. my oldest is a senior right now. He's actually getting ready to go um, play football in college next year. And so <laughs> to be able to sit down with my three boys to just talk about it, and, you know, they were asking me different questions about some of the different players. At, at first they didn't really believe it was me out there out there on the field, but that was pretty cool.
2: I know we've all got great memories, Vince uh, does, and I do, from that game, and everybody still talks about it to to this day. So time goes fast. we reached the end of our point. Anybody? Bobby, prediction for tonight? I just want to win. It doesn't matter. You
5: know, it <laughs> doesn't matter what
6: the score is. Listen, it, it, it seems like it's been so long since there's really been football, there's really been fans in the stands. Right. And so just to, just to have that full experience, you know, I just want the guys to, to go and get a win, be on the road. I know it's going to be a tough crowd down there. And so, you know, I just I, I just want the guys to win. I, I don't really care what else happens.
5: Bryant, how about you? I think it'll be a 21-24 Notre Dame, and um, it's really going to come down to uh, defense. Uh, making a big play uh, toward the end of the game to seal the deal, Um, but I really believe in this run game um, and these three dynamic backs. Um, I'm a little uh, excited to see this offensive line play with losing some of those guys from (laughs) last year who got drafted and defensively and see how they plan. I I know Marcus Freeman is our new D coordinator. I know he's going to do a fantastic job. I was excited to see how his guys played in Cincinnati as well. And uh, I know he'll have these guys prepared to play tonight. So Notre Dame, 24-21.
2: We appreciate that. That's Bryant Young. We're also uh, finishing up with uh, Bobby Taylor here. We really appreciate you guys spending time on your Labor Day weekend for a little bit to talk Irish football with us. And we hope that you'll be available again sometime. And if you're ever in town for a home game, get with me because we do live shows right by the uh, campus. So we'll be, get you guys on live. Awesome. So have a, have a great uh, no, or, uh Labor Day weekend, and go Irish.
5: Go Irish. Thank go you, guys, Irish. for doing what you do for Notre Dame football. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. fellas. We'll be right back yes, at sir. Sports
2: Radio 960 WSBT and also streaming at WSBT Radio.
1: This is Legacy Heating Adair Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince DiDario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
3: He didn't an air game day show brought to you by legacy heating and air your cooling and clean air specialists find them online at legacyheatingandairinc.com also brought to you by edward jones making sense of investing contact mary veg and in south bend or kimberly hibodeau in south bend also brought to you by Fisher's Barbecue and Catering. Fisher's Barbecue and Catering at 213 East McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka for drive-through, carry-out, or catering. Just look for the smoke. Also by Four Winds Casino. Four Winds Casino is your entertainment escape. By Mimo's Pizza. Mimo's on Edison and Mishawaka. If you like pizza, you'll love Mimo's. Manja, manja. And <laughs> we are also brought to you by Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Uh, authentic Mexican Surf Fresh Daily at McKinley and Division in Mishawaka, MontereyMexican.com. Back to you, Tim.
2: All right. We're going to have a new segment with Hit It, Matt. So each week we're going to have a guest to put in today's game at their position this week. We're just going to start it out and make it real fun with our own Vince D'Addario, who played football in his younger days,
3: much younger days, but yes. much younger days. <laughs> so Vince,
2: you uh, played wide receiver. So yes. if we put you in at wide receiver today, tell me which wide receiver position you're going into slot boundary or whatever, and tell me what you're going to be looking for in Florida state's Defense that you're going to try to maneuver around.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I, I'm five eight, so can't really play on the outside uh, on either side uh, because I am height challenged. So I'll I'll, I'll go in at at, at uh, the slot position, and uh, if I'm if I'm running the slot and I'm you know twice as fast as I actually am, uh, I, I'm looking for uh, mismatches, right and you know, how is Florida State going to match up when I'm on the field? Are they going to try to put an outside linebacker on me? Are they going to bring in, you know, a nickelback, uh, a converted corner uh, to guard me? You know, what is that going to look like? Am I going to have to, you know, get in there and mix it up, uh, you know, at the second level and, and try to block a linebacker, you know, in, in the run game? Or uh, if there is a linebacker over the top of me, can I outrun them? You know, can I uh, use my, my speed and my ability to get over the middle? Uh, to my advantage and and hopefully Jack Cohn will find me. and and if uh, you know people remember back to the Clemson Notre Dame game round one, uh, the biggest play in that game, arguably was Avery Davis right. uh, oh, you know, running that post over the top. and it was him versus a safety in that regard. and and a lot of times that's what teams will do. They'll put a safety over the slot. And he did a great job running his route. nice step to the outside, going to the inside and uh, was wide open down the slot, and, and Ian Book decided to throw that ball. So a uh, big play there, and I, and I think the seam is going to be a great place to start for for Notre Dame, uh, you know, tonight as well. I think between Michael Mayer, between the slot receivers, I think they're going to have their way on the inside. I think it's going to be a, a fun matchup to keep an eye on.
2: Do you look for them to throw any surprises? Um, you know, are they going to have uh, go nickelback a lot, or do you think they're going to go straight on?
3: Well, I think, I think Notre Dame is going to be in a lot of three receiver sets, uh, three receiver, one tight end, uh, you know, or they're going to go two receivers with two running backs. And so if, if they go three receivers and one tight end, then I think, I think Florida State's going to have to match up with the nickel package. Uh, if, if they stay in their regular package and they try to put a Rover or an outside linebacker over the slot, I think they're going to get burned. And I think that's Notre Dame's advantage. So if, if I'm Notre, if I'm Florida state, and I see, you know, Avery Davis or Lawrence Keyes come into the game and they're they're the slot receivers or even uh, putting Kyron Williams in the slot. Right. I, I think you have to match up with them, you know, with a nickelback if you want to be successful. Any one of those guys, whether it's Keys, whether it's Davis, whether it's Williams, whether it's Chris Tyree. I, I love it if they're going to try to put a linebacker over any one of those four guys, because uh, that's advantage Notre Dame all day.
2: I wish I could see you down there in the field in that slot <laughs> position.
3: Yeah. In your you, younger days. You and me both, let me
2: tell you. <laughs> so that's our segment. Put me in coach for this week. And now we're going to be right back for the final close of the first hour.
3: And, and that Legacy Heat in and Air Game Day show is brought to you by Legacy Heat in and Air, your cooling and clean air specialist. Find them online at Legacy Heat in and Air, Inc. Com. By Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Jerry Madsen in Osceola or Craig Langhofer in New Carlisle. By Four Winds Casino. Are you ready for your next escape? Experience the excitement at Four Winds Casinos with award-winning cuisine, the latest slots, a variety of table games, including live poker. Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years or older. Please play responsibly by southland orthopedics southland orthopedics team physicians for the university of notre dame since 1949 and by wings etc grill and pub with 14 Michigan area locations stop in today and order online at togo.wingsetc.com
2: and what a first hour that we've had already with a. Uh...
3: These
2: uh, guests have never been on before. I went, like I said, I went into the season wanting to get one or two players on each show that had never been on in fifty years of Game Day, but we lucked out and got about five on, yeah. including, including some coming up in the uh, the uh, next hour. So, um, how about real quick preview of uh, what you think Jack Cohen's impact's going to be on the first game?
3: Well, I, I think that uh, of all the players um, that are on this this year's Notre Dame football team, I think Jack Cohn is probably the most underrated nationally of all of them i mean you know he comes over from the university of wisconsin obviously as the starter in 2019 he won 10 games for wisconsin he went to the big 10 championship went to the rose bowl lost by a point to justin herbert who is the rookie of the year in the nfl um and by the way he also had the second highest completion percentage uh behind only one russell wilson who is a pretty good quarterback in his own right so ever since russell wilson came over i think 10, 10, 12 years ago to Wisconsin as a grad transfer. he has the highest percent you know completion percentage. then number two is Jack Cohn. and then number three is, is a big distance uh, to the rest of those guys. So you know anybody that looks at the Wisconsin film or looks at Jack Cohn as a Wisconsin quarterback, oh he had Brandon Taylor you know one of the best running backs of all time. okay, you're right, he did. Uh, but they also had Brandon Taylor the year before when Jack Cohn wasn't the quarterback and they they were like seven and five. Um, and so, you know, Jack Cohn's a very, very good quarterback. I think he's got a quick release. Uh, I'm, I'm excited uh, about what Jack Cohn can do. I, I, th- I think he's going to do some good things for this Notre Dame team. Spread the wealth around, uh, et cetera. I, I think he's going to get a lot of guys involved and push the ball down the field.
2: Real quick, any any chance that he could have one of those years like Burrow had or uh, Mac Jones had that comes out of nowhere and contends for the Heisman?
3: Uh, you know, I think that he can, uh, I think he's going to have a good year. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to project that he's going to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I mean, I, I think that's a little much, but he's going to have a good season.
2: And we're all looking forward to it. We'll be right back after a short break for the second hour of the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show with former Notre Dame notable players, Brandon Wimbush, Dexter Williams, and Chris Fink. Plus, we'll talk with the new stadium announcer for the Fighting Irish, Chris Eccles, And we'll get a last-minute report from Tallahassee on the Irish from Dr. Brian Radigan. You won't want to miss the next hour on your home for Fighting Irish football, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Once again, we are happy to be back on game day, starting its 50th season right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Matt Embry's back in the studio helping produce for us. Vince D'Addario, my co-host, is standing by. But we're less than four hours from kickoff right here on WSBT. Stay right here. Immediately following game day at 4 p.m. will be game day sports beat with Darren Pritchett and Sean Stiers leading into the network pregame show, then kickoff at just after 7.30 p.m. And your coverage is not over when the game ends. After the game, join Sean Stiers and Evan Sharpley for a review of the game. Plus, all the stats and interviews on the official Notre Dame post game show, all on Sports Radio
3: 960 WSBT.
2: Hey, Vince, you ready to get right into this next?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We got the young bucks lined up, man. This is good stuff.
2: We do. We've got, we were at the, had the players from the 93 team. Now we revert to a 2018 fighting Irish team that beat FSU, and that would be quarterback Brandon Wimbush. Running back Dexter Williams, in receiver, slot receiver, all man, all receiver, Chris Fink. Fink, what, Chris, what would you call yourself? What's the What's the title? Wide receiver. You
8: know, I play in the slot mostly. They move me around. I return punts too. Uh, I blocked a couple bit, a little bit on uh, kickoff returns. I cracked a few skulls. So if you want to call me like a you know, the enforcer kind something I like that, that's fine too. Slippery Fox. You know, I was
2: I was gonna say Brandon was kind of chuckling there. I mean, what's fun about this this segment is I have three guys on all at the same time here. Because hey, you guys w- want to talk smack to each other, we're we're all fine with that stuff. Or, or you might or you might have different recollections of certain plays and certain games and stuff like that stuff too. But hey, Dexter, how are you doing? I'm
9: doing great. How about you?
2: Great. Doing doing good. Doing good. hey. It's a standard question for me, but especially when I see somebody coming out of uh, Florida or California. What made you choose the Irish and coveted this great weather we have up here? Uh, So it's a funny
9: story. Um, I actually wanted to go to Florida State or Miami. I wanted to stay home. I was the guy who wanted to stay home. So when Florida State came to recruit me, they actually – uh, offered me for linebacker, and I turned it down. I was like, oh. no, I don't want to play linebacker. <laughs> At this time, I was weighing like 165, and I was like, if I got to hit these big offensive linemen, I was like, I'm going to get crushed. So I turned down <laughs> the offer, and it, and, and it had me so – I was so hurt. So I was like, I'm going to go to a school that plays Notre Dame and played – I mean, that plays FSU and play Miami. So I can be able to still have a chance to go against my friends that were back home that stayed at those schools but while I was away as
2: well. Hey, hey Chris, do you have a uh, a recruiting story to tell?
8: Um, Yeah, I don't know if you can call it recruiting. I kind of just fell in my lap. No one really wanted me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got really lucky and I had a high school teammate, Nick Coleman, who, you know, played for Notre Dame as well. And uh Coach Kelly was visiting him at school, and I just happened to meet him. And, uh, you know, he offered me the, the opportunity to walk on, and I did it. Uh, and I had a lot of fun. I met some really cool guys like uh, Dexter and Brandon, and I, I had a great time.
2: Hey, coming out of Dayton, Ohio, were you a Buckeye fan?
8: Um, when I was little, kind of, my mom went to Ohio State. But uh, being so close to it, you kind of are uh, – shown how obnoxious their fans are. So I kind of got sick of it, <laughs> it probably by the time I was a teenager. So I wouldn't call myself an Ohio State fan by any by any means.
2: Hey, Brandon, you coming out in New Jersey, that's always been kind of a hotbed for a lot of people coming out from the East Coast of Notre Dame. What, what teams did you have your recruiting down to? Um, I might have
10: joined Dexter at Miami if things went differently. Uh, they were they were second on my list and then um, was obviously committed to Penn State early on in my recruiting cycle and then uh, Stanford jumped into the picture a little bit later and I was heavily considering them but other than that and, and actually Ohio State was was one of my last um,
2: was one of my last options but Notre Dame is Notre Dame so. Did you have a uh, a, another athlete on the team that was your host for your weekend that uh, helped seal that deal? Sealed it. Andrew
10: Trumbetti was the other guy from Jersey. Um, You guys might remember his his name, and he was obviously a great host. And I was spent a weekend, Stanford weekend, with uh, Equinamius St. Brown, and we kind of made the decision to join forces that weekend.
2: We're talking with Irish teammates that soundly beat FSU in 2018. Brandon Wimbush, Dexter Williams, and Chris Chris Fink. So, you guys even remember all meeting your first team meeting together? Now, Chris, as a as a walk on, walk me walk me through that because I mean you pretty much came and put your stamp on everything right away and got it wiggled into the lineup. So you remember your first time you were uh, catching passes from Brandon, or maybe blocking for Dexter? Um, yeah, I mean I remember
8: we got there in the summer, and uh, I felt like I was playing catch up a little bit. Like these guys, you know, had offers, and they all met each other on recruiting visits. And I, you know, I decided to walk on late, so I didn't really know anybody except for Nick. But uh, I we made friends with the guys. Like really good group of guys, and. Um, yeah, I mean, being a walk-on in your first camp, you don't get a lot of reps. I, I remember the few that I got, and just uh, how much fun I was having, just just out there playing football with, uh, with you know, Notre Dame football players. Who, you know, in, in my young freshman mind, I felt like I still needed to show that I belonged there, and these guys are kind of these big, big giants in my mind. You know, people I had to, I had to go against and beat if I wanted to play there. So, um, yeah, I, I remember getting on the field the first time, and. Uh, just having fun playing football again, getting some confidence going. And, um, you know, mostly I, I remember finally how much I I loved hanging with my friends and playing football with my friends.
3: So, Dexter, I want to ask you, uh, you know, obviously you were looking forward to this Florida State game in 2018. I know you were. Ended up with over 200 yards, a couple scores. I mean, you averaged over 10 yards of carry in that game. Uh, what, what was that like to be able to do that to Florida State uh, in, in 2018? I didn't know oh, you went
10: off like that,
9: bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I don't
3: I didn't remember that. <laughs>
9: <laughs> yeah, it was actually it was actually an amazing week. It was some it was a game that I had marked on my calendar because a lot of my friends, like I said before, a lot of my friends went there and um it it really hit home because a lot of guys I played little league ball with and high school ball with, um, they all were at Florida State. Majority of them were at Florida State, and we were in a group chat. We always had this group chat in high school, and um, they were talking trash the whole week. And I didn't—I was the only Notre Dame guy in the group chat. Everyone else was like Florida State, so um, I took it very personal. I showed a couple guys on the team, uh, a lot of defensive guys on the team, because a lot of my friends played offense at the time. So um, I told them I was like. Whatever we can do, we have to win this game. This game is personal. It's a big game for us, but it's very personal for me. So uh, I, I tried to make sure I had to go out and have the best week as possible, make sure I study everything I needed to know so I can go out and have a great game.
2: Brandon, not catching you. I think you got speak. it. I was, <laughs> saying, I was saying he was definitely on his P's and Q's. <laughs> I
9: remember.
10: He on no top of everything. Uh, I wasn't touched. He picked up every, uh, you know, extra blitzer. He was definitely on top of this, top of this game, week mentally.
2: So you you had a pair of uh, first ha- first quarter touchdown uh, passes, I mean, like I said before, you guys sound, soundly soundly beat them. Anything else stand out about that game for you, Brandon?
10: No, just that it was it was senior night, and these group of guys like Chris said, spoken about like Dexter had spoken about where, you know, we were a really tight knit group and we were playing for one another. And, you know, some of the guys that obviously weren't fortunate enough to have that playing time, we wanted to get them in as well. And I think we did that towards the end of that game. So again, it was just the, the moment and the memory of it being senior night and being some of our, you know, last rides and go rounds um, was, was really special. And then for guys like Dexter, who you know, been through so much, to kind of show out in the last, you know, his last one run, run like that was, again, phenomenal. Uh, and a bunch of the other guys, so yeah.
2: This is the Legacy Haiti and Air Gaming Show. We're sharing some football talk with former Notre Dame players, Dexter Williams, Chris Fink, Brandon Wimbush. Hey, Chris, you did uh, a lot of punt returns and stuff. And there's always a lot of talk over the last number of years about, even real recently, about Notre Dame just taking it. They don't, they want to be very cautious. How did that play into it? I mean, I'm sure you wanted to just take it and fly and everything. So what do you think, or do you have any comments on where people sometimes criticize Notre Dame for that philosophy? Um, you know, I mean, people can
8: criticize what they want to criticize, but um, I think you look at the, the last two years of Notre Dame football and see the success we've had. And, um, you know, the coaches have a plan and, and they like to stick to it. And um, if being conservative is that plan then so be it. But obviously as a punt returner and anyone that's back there returning, um, if you're the kind of guy who's back there catching a punt, you're not the kind of guy who's just hoping for a fair catch or, or just hoping to, you know, you know take it easy back there, you kind of want to make a play. So I know the returners are back there wanting to make a play, and, and the coach give them free rein to do that if, if possible. And I think that when people, you know, criticize about being conservative, For the returner, I mean, if it's a fair catch, it's a fair catch. What are you going to do if if the coverage isn't there and there's no lane? I mean, it's really not like you can script that play as much as people really think. So um, I think it's a combination of, you know, maybe being a little conservative, but also just that's the way that the punts have been going. And uh, like I said, we've had a lot of success as a football team. So keep criticizing if you like, but we're doing well.
2: No, I'm with you. You had a nine-yard average when you were – Receiving over over your career, so man, I'd take that any day. Any, day any, any day. day, any day, any day. He had a 28 Dexter, yard return against Florida have, State. What yeah. would
9: you have had, Dexter? Uh, uh, I'm not a I'm not a big putt return guy. I, I don't like <laughs> just having my head up for that long. I just it just feels uncomfortable to me. <laughs>
2: so you weren't ever on the kickoff either? Kickoff return? Yeah, I did kickoff return early
9: in my career. Earlier in my career at uh, at Notre Dame, I think it was Believe my Sophomore year <laughs> against Michigan State, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah.
9: believe it. it was, hey, I'm a- and I was terrified then,
2: too. But <laughs> <laughs> Running for your life, right? Oh, that's great. Running for my life. <laughs> hey, I'm going to ask something that I've got down here. This is a stupid question tim don't ask it but i'm going to ask all three of you so when you break away from the line and you think and you're going on a 97 yard run or a 30 yard scramble or or a reception and and breaking away what's going through your guys mind i mean some players are always just looking forward and then you watch on tv some guys are looking behind or whatever brandon we'll start with you What's the thought process going? Like I said, this could be a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway.
10: No, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to put myself in, in, in my shoes back when I you know, used to run like that. Uh, I think I'm the slowest one on this call. So my my thought was like, <laughs> my thought was always like, let me just try to outrun these guys. Like I, I'm, I, I was a strong runner. Like Dexter always made fun yes. of me for how strong I ran and like <laughs> my facial expressions. While I was running, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was a heavy guy, right? So, there was, was definitely more effort um, watching me run and uh, compared to these, these other two guys. So, it was, it was always, let me figure out a way to, like, you know, put a move on someone or, um, and then obviously get down or get out of bounds. I wanted to preserve my body as best as I can. Obviously, we needed a first down that we
2: I never showed so, so, Dexter, like that 97 yarder one, and you broke through that line, and then the, you just hit the after jets. What's uh, that, going on there?
9: Well, usually when I break a long run, I'm looking, I'm trying to just stay focused on looking at the end zone because I noticed like earlier in my career, um, when I was like worried about like other defenders, mm-hmm. they would actually run me down. I knew I was fast enough, but it was just like, it just took away from my momentum. So uh, my senior year, I just really proud myself on just focusing on the end zone and on that particular run, the 97 yard run, I was really using jumbo jumbotron because I knew <laughs> I knew they had a guy who ran 4-2, uh, and I, I finally looked up at the jumbotron and I see him at the perfect time and it. I lifted up my legs, so I was able to finish that run. So it was either I used, I just focused on the end zone or if they have a jumbo I try to find. I use the jumbo to really just see what defenders are.
2: That's a good point because I've often wondered about that too. Whether you anybody's ever paying attention to the jumbotron. So yeah, good thought. Good it's thought. How about you?
9: It's a good tool. <laughs> yeah, Chris yeah um
2: i can't really think of any like words
8: i would be thinking i think in a moment that uh that split second when you come open it's like abstract thought you just feel like a rush of adrenaline and um sometimes when it happens it's just like uh oh my gosh did that just happen is this really happening especially the first time like when you see the end zone and you're not quite in it yet um so it's it's a pretty fun feeling i've never had the presence of mind to use a jumbotron like Dexter did that's next level stuff from and Dexter. Um, also, the also the Notre Dame jumbotron is on like a two second delay. If you tried doing that at a home game, you'd, you'd have trouble. Uh,
2: I think I got that guy beat. No, oh, no, he's there.
8: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I guess my mind was just you know run as fast as you can. Hope nobody catches you.
2: There you go. There you go. We're with Brandon Wimbush, Chris Fink, and Dexter Williams. Let's close this out. Uh, Brandon, bring us up to date on, on mogul and. And, and then we'll talk to Dexter and Chris about their feeling on this NIL stuff and everything that's going on. Brandon,
10: yeah. So thanks for the question, man. The mobile's going really well. Um, obviously, super excited about all the athletes that are you know have the opportunity at the tip of their finger at their fingertips. Um, obviously, disappointed that Dexter, Fink, and myself couldn't have taken advantage of you know our last names on our back and, and the beautiful faces that we sported all through our college career, I think we all would have done really well in the NIL era. And obviously uh, Notre Dame is at the forefront of it. And there's so much opportunity for all these athletes, but mobile is doing really well. We're hoping to come to South Bend and kind of capture, uh, you know, the entire market there being that's, that's where my partner and I's home is, um, but couldn't be more proud of the way some of these athletes have leveraged you know, their respective NILs and helping out people A great example is our own, actually, Dylan Gibbons, um, transferred from uh, Notre Dame to Florida State and launched a a GoFundMe to help someone who's in need and uh, raised uh, a great amount of funds just to help out somebody that was in need. And it's just a great example of the way that people have have taken advantage of this opportunity.
2: Great. Is there a a website anybody wants uh, more information? Yeah, if you guys want to reach
10: out and connect with athletes or if you're a brand that's looking to use athletes as influencers and leverage them, then uh, contact us at online, And we're on Instagram and Twitter as well as LinkedIn. So we'll be in South Bend for the Purdue weekend. I do a big, big event, uh, guys. So if you wanted to come down and spend the weekend with the Mogul team and myself, I'm more than happy to, to have you guys.
2: Maybe we'll get you on our live show by the campus for 18th. If you got some time, we'll cut con- We'll connect with you. Hey, time's slipping away. So let me just get Dexter and Chris's Dexter tonight. What are you looking for real quickly? And a score. Oh, a blowout. I'm looking for a blowout. I not like Florida state. So I hope they don't
9: score. Um, I want, everyone to do good. I know Notre Dame has a great receiving core and also a nice running back room. So I'm hoping all those guys get a chance to take full advantage of that opportunity. And I just want those guys to go out and have fun and just really make the game exciting to watch like Notre Dame does. Like we always try to put on the show for our fans. So I just want them guys to go out there and just have fun and just play the best game possible.
2: Chris?
8: Yeah, I'm like Dexter. I'd love a blowout. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to watch the uh, the receivers play. It's a lot of guys who, as you know, you've seen before out there on the field, maybe in a rotational basis, but uh, guys are really going to get their first chances to kind of beat the guys um, yeah. for the mm-hmm. most part. So I think that'll be really fun for me to watch personally. And as far as got- score prediction, I think I'll say Notre Dame 100 and Florida State 0. <laughs>
10: <laughs> <laughs> they got some speed out wide this year. I'm excited to watch yeah, that.
2: Yeah, yeah they, they do. do. We're all excited it. to see what happens. Brandon Wimbush, Chris fink Thanks. and Dexter Williams. We really thank you for taking out of time on your Labor Day weekend to spend with us and go Irish. Go Irish, nice having us, guys. Thank you for having us. One of our title thank sponsors you. is Key Bank. Key Bank open a Key Smart Checking account today. Key Bank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com key bank is a member of fdic we'll be right back with new stadium announcer chris achels on sports radio 960 wsbt
3: and the legacy heat in the air game day show is brought to you by legacy heat in the air your cooling and clean air specialists find them online at legacy heat in by edward jones making sense of investing contact joel ladig in mishawaka or John Shaver in South Bend by Fisher's Barbecue and Catering. Fisher's Barbecue and Catering at 213 East McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka for drive through carry-out, or catering. Just look for the smoke by Mimo's Pizza. Mimo's on Edison in Mishawaka. If you like pizza, you'll love Mimo's. Manja, manja. And by South Bend Orthopedics. Team Physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Tim?
2: all right we are just moving along i don't know how the show always goes so fast but it does <laughs> and we so, doubled
3: the length last year too tim
2: i know i know geez i know that's fun. when i asked for that i knew we needed more time actually we could do three hours anyway our next guest i'm excited to talk to because he's got a great voice for being in this kind of business but also needs some big shoes to fill and i know he knows about it and i know he's talked to uh, mike collins but the new stadium announcer for Notre Dame this season at the stadium that Rockney built. Chris Aikles, Chris, good afternoon or morning. I'm not sure where you're located.
7: Uh, it's afternoon. I, it feels a little bit like morning after a good day yesterday, but uh, Tim, Vince, thanks for having me. Uh, college football's back. I mean, if anybody saw the, the entrance from Virginia Tech or the entrance or, the, or you know, the uh, jump around in Wisconsin yesterday, college football's back and uh, ready for next week in South Bend. Absolutely. So, Chris, give us some of your, ba- your
2: background. I know we were talking before we got on the air about this has always been a dream of yours. So give us some background on you. And some
7: yeah, history. absolutely. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. What a blast. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've done a, a few of these shows and you guys have a great setup here. And um, as I am continuing to get to know the uh, the Notre Dame family, it's really fun to to keep meeting people. And uh, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and uh, have, have spent the last gosh, almost decade in the Midwest between school and graduate degree and, uh, life in my twenties, spent some time in St. Louis, some time in Milwaukee and, and lately have been in Chicago. Um, and, uh, Everywhere you go, you meet a lot of Notre Dame people, right? So, Absolutely. Uh, having grown up uh, Catholic in in Dallas, the, the the South Midwest, I guess you could say, uh, really grew up watching Notre Dame, loving Notre Dame, loving watching Tom Hammond on TV, and of course Mike Tirico does a great job now. But um, so now I get a chance to to be there every Saturday, you know, and 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 uh, get to uh, to announce these games. As far as announcing background, it's been a little bit of everything. I was doing actually. Uh, an interview on the morning show here on WSBT a few weeks ago. And somehow it came up that um, I went back and counted and I've done 11 different sports at, over the course wow. of my career, whether that's play by play or in stadium host or, or, you know, public address, whatever it is. So, um, but this is uh, certainly the coolest job I've had. So I'm excited.
2: So when did you decide this is what you wanted to make your vocation?
7: Oh my gosh. Um uh, Probably when I learned to talk. I remember being (laughs) six years old or seven years old. I don't know how old I was, but I remember laying in bed at my uh, childhood home in Dallas, Texas, and I would lay there at night with a radio under my pillow and listen to late night baseball games in the summer and, and see who I could pick up. Could I pick up the Colorado Rockies out of Denver on KOA? Could I get... Uh, KDK in Pittsburgh to get Pirates games. I was able to pick them up a few times and loved listening to my Texas Rangers growing up. And that's probably responsible for two things. Number one, it's probably responsible for my insomnia now. I go <laughs> to sleep and that's probably why. And number two is is this this job and this vocation. So um, ever since I was a kid, I've just loved radio and I've loved
3: uh, sports. Um, and now I get to do it for a living. So, so, Chris, talk to us about how specifically the Notre Dame gig came to be. Because I'm sure, you know, obviously they did this Twitter thing. They did, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, was that how you got involved or was it a little bit different? Because I had a feeling yeah. that might be a little not so much the way they were really looking for somebody. It's a fascinating
7: story. really to be, to, be, to be perfectly honest, I had no idea that this job was becoming available um it was a friend of mine from the white Sox. I, i've worked with the white Sox for the past five years okay and gene honda is the public address announcer for the white Sox, also does the blackhawks he does the final four he's the best in the world at it um he called me one day and he said hey i just recommended you for a job i said okay what, what are you talking about well notre dame's looking for i'm going what are you talking about <laughs> what do you, mean you recommended me to notre dame and uh they had he he knew some people there and and dropped my name as a reference and next thing you know um someone at notre dame gave me a call and that kicked off a four and a half month process i mean wow probably what i hope people realize is is number one there were a lot of phenomenal applicants i don't know how they landed on me but more importantly they really did their homework i mean there were multiple rounds of interviews there were multiple rounds of auditions um ultimately culminating in mid June going out to South bend and doing kind of a final audition with some other incredible announcers. And, um, yeah, being on campus that day, I'm going, well, I'm not going to get this job. So I'm going to visit the grotto. I'm going to visit the (laughs) church. I'm going to visit God quad and maybe all that praying helps. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, it was a a really, it was a really organized process, a really fun process. And, um, they just, they've got it all together. So I'm looking forward to be a part of the team.
2: So I know you did talk with Mike Collins and stuff, any particular one thing or two things he said to you?
7: You know, he's been really, really helpful. Uh, So many things that um, are specific to this job, as far as how high up you sit. I mean, we're on the Duncan student center and way up on the ninth floor. And so make sure you bring your binoculars some little, you know, like tangible things like that to, you know, he, he just has been so kind in, um, talking about the people and he's so complimentary the people he got to work with. And you can trust these people and, uh, everyone from the spotters to the audio technicians to athletic directors. I mean, he, he just was helpful in kind of putting faces with names and things like that. And, um, I, one of the things I, I need to be mindful of as I step into this position and fill these big shoes is, you know, he, he instituted, he franchised this job, right. And so he- 30 years, yeah. He, brought some traditions Mm -hmm. including here come the Irish you know that um so I have to figure out okay what of those things are Notre Dame staples now that need to be carried on, and what of those things are Mike Collins that that are his legacy that I don't sure. want to step on, you know? So, right. uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really fun, but also a daunting task to to fill big shoes like that.
3: Did did he help you kind of figure that out? Because I I would be so wary if I was in your shoes about. Not insulting because that's not the right word, but like not yep. not totally living up to what he was already doing and you know and not that you would do it on purpose, but like you know besmudging his his reputation by maybe you know trying to do what he does right you're
7: exactly right and I'll be honest with you, I was really nervous about that and continue yeah. to be a little bit nervous about that and here's what helped me it was a phone call with Mike and we started talking about some of these things I'm going, dude, I don't can I do the weather report? Like, I don't know. What do I know. <laughs> and, and here's what he said to me that was so helpful. He said, Chris, you have to be yourself. Don't come in there and try to be me. Don't come in there and try to be someone you're not, you know, you got to be yourself. And in time, you'll figure out what that means on that microphone. And, and that was really helpful because um, there's a way to kind of honor the traditions, but, but be myself. And so I think my hope is that in time we'll find ways to, to get, um, to get the humor and to get the fun and stuff like that. I don't know that game one, I don't think I can come out telling jokes, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that was the most helpful thing I've heard is, is you, you've earned it. You have the career and the background to do it. So go out there and be yourself, you know, so that's what I'm excited for.
3: So so game 1 is obviously next week. It's Toledo. It's the first time that the stadium has been full yeah. in in over a year, right? Um and that just kind of adds to your first game, I would imagine. What what are you so what are you most looking forward to and then maybe what are you most nervous about specifically about game 1 in front of a packed house for the first time? Is it, this is going to be the most raucous Toledo Mac game in Notre yeah. Dame history because of the situation, right? <laughs> I
7: think, you know, you say what you want about the worldwide leader in sports, but they have a really interesting and I think a really powerful marketing, um, marketing initiative right now where they're talking about welcome home to college football. And when you talk Notre Dame, I think there are some colleges where this is the case. You know, I I know friends who feel this way about Wisconsin or feel this way about Alabama, but when you talk about Notre Dame, You know, if you you guys are in a position where you ask people about their Notre Dame experience a lot. And if you listen to those answers, you're going to hear about people's families. You're going to hear about people's best friends. You're going to hear about their college memories or their memories from childhood, going to games with mom, with dad, with grandma, with grandpa. This is a that's what people remember. And so our our first time back together in this stadium is like I'm getting chills right now thinking about it because it means more than a football game to people. Mm -hmm. And so. Um to your point, that's both exciting and invigorating. That's also terrifying to think <laughs> Absolutely. Like, oh man, this is this is a bit this is more than just a Notre Dame versus Toledo football game. And so um that's what I, I'm excited that people get to be together again, that people get to make memories again, that there's gonna be some seven-year-old at his first game. That's how that's what fall in South Bend is supposed to be about, you right. know. And there's yeah, gonna be insane. some 77-year-old taking her or his granddaughter, grandson did the game. That's what this is supposed to be about. And we missed that last year, you know? So um, that's what I'm most excited for. And hopefully that's coupled with a win and a 2-0 record by, by this time next week. But uh, that's not asking too yeah. much. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, we're excited for you and good luck in maybe midway through the season or later. If you got time to come back on, you can tell us how it's living up to
7: its expectation. You know, I'd love to. In a couple of weeks, I'm doing a, a a benefit for the Newton Rockney Memorial Society in in Chicago. We're honoring some really great people. Um, and that would be a good time to kind of maybe hop back on and just talk about some it. of these really cool people that we're honoring, you know, and Absolutely. that's going to be a great event. Uh, people can learn more at rockneysociety.org. But um, maybe that's a good time we can reach back out and, and connect. And by that time, I'll have two games under my belt. There so you go. We have can have more time to Oh, we'll probably a lot out. of mistakes that you guys can make fun of me for by that. <laughs> yeah. We'll make it a plan, Chris. Good luck again.
2: And well, thank you for taking your time on Labor Day weekend to spend
7: with us. Tim Vince, thanks so much. Go Irish. See you guys Go. next week. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Good luck.
2: We're proud to announce another weekly feature. Key bank keys to the game. Earn up to 2% cash back on purchases with the Key Cashback credit card. Key Bank opens doors. For more info, visit Key.com slash cashback. Key bank is a member of FDIC. Vince, how about a couple of keys to the game tonight?
3: Well, I'll give you one for each side of the ball, right? So number one on the offensive side, they have to start fast. Uh, I really think that this offense coming out, scoring on their first couple of drives is really going to, you know, put them in a great position. Number one, obviously with the scoreboard and then number two, the defense, then playing with a lead on the defensive side of the ball makes all the difference in the world. You can pin your ears back. You can get after the quarterback. You can do all kinds of things that, you know, you can't really do when you're facing a deficit, right? So uh, if the offense comes out and does what we think they can do, you know, start fast, I think that's going to be a really important key for the offense. Defensively, uh, they got to stop the run. Uh, And I know some people out there are going to be surprised to hear that Florida State was the 31st best rush offense in the country last year for all the flaws that they had. They that ran the ball. The right. They ran the ball really, really well. They averaged 200 yards a game, um, and that, like I said, that was 31st uh, in the country. So if they can get out and they can slow this run game down, whether it's uh, Jordan Travis at quarterback or Mackenzie Milton, if they can slow this run game down, I think they're going to be in really, really good shape.
2: And those are the key bank keys to the game. Key bank. We worked hard to make checking smarter. No maintenance fees. No minimum balances. Forty thousand ATMs. And pretty smart. Open a KeySmart checking account today. KeyBank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com. KeyBank is a member of FDIC. We'll be right back.
1: This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince D'Antonio on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
3: And your Legacy Heat in an Air game day show is brought to you by, of course, Legacy Heat in an Air, your cooling and clean air specialists. Find them online at LegacyHeatInanAirInc.com. Also brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Ryan Hale in South Bend or Jerry Hunt in South Bend. By Four Winds Casino. Four Winds Casino is your entertainment escape. By Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill, authentic Mexican serve fresh daily at McKinley and Division in Mishawaka, MontereyMexican.com, and by Southland Orthopedics Team Physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949.
2: And we're back here on game day, once again, starting our 50th season. Not that Vince and I have been with the show for 50 years, but... uh...
3: That would be impossible for me, Tim.
2: Yeah, I think Sean one time he said something about the, the Vincent Tim's fiftieth anniversary, and he kind of corrected himself. No, they, they haven't <laughs> been together for fifty years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, our favorite doctor is going to join us here, and if Matt's ready to cue it, I figured you need a song. Doctor, my
4: eyes. Tell me what
2: right. was You've been. I figured you deserve the song, so I don't know if you like Jackson Brown or not, but you know, oh, with, yeah. your, with your approval, we'll use that as your intro for the rest of the season, too. I am,
11: You got my approval. No problem. Oh, I love uh, it. All
2: right. All right. I remember the first time I think we ever had you on the show was uh whenever and I did the show at Indianapolis up in the press box. I oh, think. yeah. It was the yeah, very was first fun. time. I don't remember. Vince, you're the encyclopedia what year was that
3: oh my god that's not you're not <laughs> going to get much out of me that was like five or six years ago though for yeah, sure
2: it, it, it was and he's been with us and putting up with me ever since my news emails and texts to him any case hey dr brian radigan who is the head orthopedic physician for the fighting irish and also played for uh, notre dame um what can you tell us health of the team in general i know we can't have any specifics but what do you what do you see
11: no, we're good. We're actually, first game, we better be good. We've had a couple of guys get dinged up with some live scrimmages a few weeks ago, but everybody's healthy. Everybody looks good. Uh, it's always fun. We'll see what shows up.
2: COVID protocols, obviously still in effect.
11: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's it's obviously in effect with everything going on, but a little bit different, a little bit less with the vaccine, as opposed to you know, last year without the vaccine. So we we have uh, been able to advance a little bit, but we are still got to be careful. And we're still like, they're eating in a tent outside. <laughs> wow. So they have a tent outside, more space, more room. Uh it's got its own air conditioning coming in and out of it. So yeah, it's pretty uh pretty good. Hotel's so really accommodating for that.
2: You're not serving
11: food this year. I know. I know <laughs> one done. Apparently I wasn't very good at it. We did compete. I, I actually fairly enjoyed that, but now we're uh we're just there watching now. They have better people.
2: <laughs> so I, I usually check the have the forecast for down there for each city we go to. What what's weather like?
11: it's really nice it's it's warm but we've had a after the heat we had back in south bend it doesn't doesn't feel bad at all we've had it cooled down a little bit but it feels great
2: hotel
11: is freezing so it feels great i I
2: guess that's uh you know the some of the best conditioning if you can be out there and practice in some of the weather that we had that high humidity i know you had to go inside sometimes for their safety and everything but man some of those practices had just be terrible with the heat and the humidity
11: They they were. They were were something else. I mean, we're ready for everything. Obviously, the guys have done a great job. The nutrition staff here is is phenomenal, and they've been aggressively hydrating the guys, eating, getting all the right stuff in there. They work their tails off. Um, They they work really hard. So the guys, they know it's on them a little bit to to pregame and get ready for all this stuff, Uh, a different kind of pregame than what they're doing back in South Bend. There you go. yeah, that's a, good
3: a, yeah, good point. Can, can you even compare last year's offseason to this year's offseason and just how different everything was with the guys working out at home and everything last year? And and, and obviously you have a son on the team and Connor, and, and so you kind of see it from both angles, from, from the team physician to dad and seeing what he goes through. And I mean, is there even any comparison between last
11: year and this year? Just that I see my son less he uh, <laughs> he used to come to my house actually and work out in our basement because you know at times and bring some friends to work out and everybody's yeah. looking for any gym they could find to work right. out so yeah you're right you're dead on with that one they they do anything they can but they having the mask off that was the first thing he says like to be able to run with the guys and not have a mask on is it, huge i just yeah. feel like the freedom is there the freedom is definitely there otherwise no there's no way to compare it you're right it's it's so different in a good way right
2: well, we're so glad that uh, well knock on wood that everything will just stay the same way it is because I'm I'm sure you're anxious to walk in to Notre Dame Stadium and Connor is too and have that eighty thousand giving you all that energy.
11: Oh, it's the best. It's, it, I give all these guys credit last year. Right? they missed out on a year of football for that side of it. They were able to play it, which was great. And we still had a lot of excitement. And playing was better than nothing. But man, mm-hmm. nothing like having people in the stands. It, it'll be it'll be fun.
2: Absolutely. So, um, what do you like about this year's
11: team? Well, I, I like that there's some unknowns. Uh, the guys are really talented, really good. Uh, the unknowns, with you know your quarterback, your O line, they're all really talented. I like them a lot. I can't wait to see how they do, along with everybody else. Uh, of course, I love the defense. I love it. <laughs> we're so, we're so good. The guys are just they fly around. It's a different style this year, so it'll be. I, I can't wait to see it with everybody else. I haven't been able to watch it against another team like anybody else right just we're beating up on each other so that first game is always a real a little bit of a pain right a little bit of a mm-hmm. toss up it seems to be the turnovers are always the key right if you can avoid those then usually the better team wins but I can't wait to see our defense everybody on it all of them are really really good I hate, hate that Marist is gone he was he was going to be fun to watch and it'll be missed and he's a great kid he's a, a great young man sorry he's a phenomenal person and so positive but uh, you know he'll be back he'll
3: be back so there's so much talk out there about Marcus Freeman and and what he's brought to the table and you know the tangible things that the fans can see are you know in recruiting and things of that nature but you kind of get a different view uh, of who of who Marcus Freeman the defense new defensive coordinator is and what what have you seen from him just you know from your perspective just from a leadership standpoint from a you know, and, and not saying he's better or worse than Clark Lee, because Clark Lee did some amazing things with this defense. And I'm sure he's going to have, you know, success where he's at at Vanderbilt. But um, just kind of the differences and, and what you see from him uh, just from a day-to-day basis from your perspective.
11: You know, it's um, it's hard to knock, you know, Clark Lee. Right. right. He's such a great human being and a great coach. And so when you start to make comparisons, you you almost hope it's like a lateral move that you can just say, this guy's also great. Uh, And you hate to say it, he seems great, right? He really (laughs) seems great, but a a different defense. But what I can see is it seems like the guys on defense who do talk about him and you get your hands on, they love him. They love him, and and that says a lot. So I always thought it was a sign of a great coach when the players felt bad if they let the coach down. And it seems like already he's kind of got him in that groove where they do not want to let him down. Um, he's, he's latched on and he's got a way about him that the players are already responding to. So uh, I think it's going to be great.
2: I kind of piggyback on that. I was going to ask you that, but it was a good segue from what Vince was talking about. You have medical protocols, no matter who's the coach or whatever, but when you get a new like defensive post, does he have anything that he likes to do differently within the standard protocol set up for the whole
11: team? Well, I'm sure. And I'm sure there's a lot of that, that I don't know. I, I wish I did. I'm not, Unfortunately, they don't let me there for all the meetings. I'd probably be a big pain in the ass. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but I'm sure he has his way of doing a lot of things within the walls. And I wish I could speak to those. I don't really know. But as far as the medical side of things, he hasn't you know, established anything different. That's, you know, Coach Kelly dictates all of that. And that that comes from the top down. So he and Jack Swarbrick will always be the two that dictate things. And, of course, Matt Leisler, you know, the head team doc. He's involved with all of that. Uh, yeah, ortho guys, you know us. We we like uh, dot <laughs> to dots and, and coloring books, right? We don't get into all that other stuff.
2: <laughs> I remember you were telling us last year when all that was going on that you walked into his office and you saw all the emails he had to respond to and all the phone calls and you were, like turned around and walked back out. Yeah. <laughs> you said, right. said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, at least yep. I'm not that guy.
11: <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. You're not lying. Still <laughs> the same way.
2: <laughs> all right. So, uh, real quickly, we got to wrap this up here. Connor's got a podcast now.
11: Yes. Yeah, he and his uh, three roommates are—they're all great guys. They, like you know, we were talking about this a little bit before. They've talked about doing this for over a year, and then this year when it came out with the NIL, things kind of just took off. He's got a, all of his roommates, one of them uh, Cal Hamilton, Cam Hart, and KJ Wallace. Those three guys are all um, defensive guys. He's the one offensive yeah. guys uh, on the team. But they—they they are great friends. They've been friends solid now for over two years. They met from day one, and uh, they talked about it last year just to give a little inside scoop. And now with the NIL, they you know they can make a, a few bucks on it, which is kind of fun. And you, you get someone with the Herd show coming on board and these other guys who want to promote it and sponsor it. It's been a lot of fun for them. They've learned a lot. Uh, I'm excited to see how it is because the I don't know if you listen to the shows yet, but a big change already from show one, two, and three, just for them learning. But their their garage is actually interesting. I went there and looked at their place. It is a production studio real microphones and real cameras and and it's funny because they you know in college you got your your pong table i'll call it cup pong let's let's go (laughs) here um then they have their little table that they've had since freshman year it must have been passed down to them because none of them are 21 but uh, (laughs) it's all painted and they've made that their table that they use for their show which is funny because i guess you take whatever you got you got it fun to watch it'll be fun to watch i'm excited for them and branching out a little bit
2: all right. So as we close in 10 seconds with the NIL, if you had an opportunity to have a sponsor for you of a, a food or something like that, what would you want to have?
11: <laughs> you know, what? I, I loved Rocco's. I loved Rocco's <laughs> when I was there. I loved Rocco's. Yep. Absolutely.
2: You can't beat that for pizza. No. <laughs> Appreciate it. Hey, thanks again for uh, Dr. Brian Radigan, head orthopedic physician for the Fighting Irish joining us. And I'm glad you liked the song. So I'll put that in the hopper for when we're together. You have a good day and I uh, hope right.
11: everybody stays healthy. All right, take care. See you, Vince. Bye, Bye Bye-bye. Thanks.
2: We'll be back with our close on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and streaming at WSBT Radio.
1: This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince Diderio on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT.
3: And your Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show is brought to you by South Bend Orthopedics Team Physicians. For the University of Notre Dame since 1949, Mimo's on Edison in Mishawaka. If you like pizza, you'll love Mimo's. Manja, manja. By Wings Etc. Grill and Pub with 14 Michiana area locations. Stop in today or order online at togo.wingsetc.com. Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Authentic Mexican. Serve fresh daily at McKinley and Division in Mishawaka. MontereyMexican.com and by tim growl state farm insurance talk with tim about your life insurance plan to, to do it today because tomorrow might be too late call tim at 232 9981
2: you know how i uh, avoid saying some players names because i'm <laughs> vocabulary pronunciation challenge as my family and friends know or whatever yeah i probably on that sponsor read would have said manga manga not manja manja <laughs> <laughs>
3: So it's a good thing. And, we're not playing Clemson again, because yeah, uh, yeah, you're I talking about DJ. We might be in trouble
2: every time he dropped back last night. I had horrors of that last, you know, flashback <laughs> of last year. All right, Ben, Syria, we, go. we got about a minute and a half here. Uh, offense tonight. What are you seeing from both sides?
3: Well, offensively for Notre Dame, I, I, you know, we talked a little bit about it in the keys to the game, but I think Notre Dame just needs to spread the ball around. They need to get out of the gate quickly. Uh, I think they're going to do that. I think Jack Cohn is a severely underrated quarterback nationally. I think he's going to show some people why they were 10-game winners uh, in in Wisconsin when he was at the helm. Yes, they had Jonathan Taylor, but you know what? Notre Dame has Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree. Um, And I'm not not saying either one of them is Jonathan Taylor, but he's got weapons, and he's got more weapons at Notre Dame than he had at Wisconsin, and he's going to use those weapons. Number one tight end in the country, Michael Mayer. He's got all kinds of talent. At, uh, at the wide receiver position, you know, uh, Kevin Austin, Braden Lindsay, Lawrence Keyes, Avery Davis, Deion Colsey. I mean, y- you name we're it. Deep, we're deep. There, there's a ton of them, and it's going to be so much fun to watch. And then defensively, who is Marcus Freeman? I mean, we think we know, but we won't know until we see what he does with this team on the field. And I, I think it's going to be ridiculously exciting to watch this team fly around, get to the football, cause turnovers, get in the backfield. You know, they had nine tackles for loss the last time they played Florida State last year. But look for double digits. I, I think double digits tackled for loss uh, in this game, and, and it's going to be led by Marcus Freeman in this amazing front seven. And they're going to take a little bit of pressure off that inexperienced secondary. So um, my prediction, score-wise, 42-21, Notre Dame. I think they double up Florida State. I think this is going to be a big win for the Irish.
2: I think Dr. Bryan hit that right. Having some unknowns is exciting going into the season.
3: It's very exciting. Excellent. and. It gives the national pundits uh, ways to bring down the Irish, but I think they're going to respond in a real positive way today.
2: Right. Hey, thank you for listening. Vince and I want to thank Matt Embry for producing back in the studio. And happy birthday, early salute, Matt. And personal thanks to all of our guests for taking time out of their Labor Day weekend to join us. Don't go anywhere. WSBT's Notre Dame coverage continues with Game Day Sports Beat, followed by the Notre Dame Network pregame show and kickoff just after 7.30 p.m., and then join Sean Styers and Evan Sharpley for the official post-game show. Please tune in next week at 9 a.m. as Notre Dame returns home for a tussle with Toledo. We'll have a great guest lineup and also, again, lots of fun. For Vince Dario this is Tim Growl. We wish you a safe Labor Day. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show on your home for fighting Irish football, 960 AM WSBT. Go Irish!